0: Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. I've got some good news today. I thought about, you know, just kind of, maybe we just kind of water down the word a little bit today. And and just kind of talk about some things that we should do. I didn't figure it'd go over very well here. So, is that where the waterfall thing came? <laughs> from? You know, I know sometimes these ch- these messages can be challenging because it because it's it's like, we, I mean, I hear myself sometimes, and it's like you're you're saying that life. Can look like heaven. And it's like, you know what? That's what he said. On earth as it is in heaven. And, and, and so then when we don't experience that, we get offended at the word. We are offended because of the word. And then we know that when there, the offense comes because of the word, and I tried a lot to keep myself out of the way and just let the Word speak. I mean, I, I give you what I get during the week. You know, I don't have, I mean, I, I may have an idea of a series, but it's like what I get during that week is what's going to come out. I mean, it's just raw, uncut, this is what God's saying this week. And, it, and, and I think you guys want to hear that. But don't let yourself grow weary in expecting heaven in your life. You know, just just don't. Just don't. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care what's in your lungs. I don't care who you're married to. I'm going to look up when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, don't give up. Just don't give up. Because, because God is a God that makes promises. Did you know that? There, there are literally over 3,000 promises in the Bible. So here's your homework. <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> but you know, you could, this could be an interesting thing to do. Maybe every day, for however long it takes, get in the Word and find a promise. And then realize, yes, yes, yes. So, I've got a few scriptures here. And I really, I really hope this impacts you the way that it, that it did me, especially in these translations. Um, I made some slides. So, in, in the New King James, specifically, the way that 2 Peter chapter 1 reads, we'll just look at that. 2 Peter 1, and it's 2 through 4. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge... Of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I really like to study and, and look at each word and just kind of break the stuff down, you know. I mean, some of us we just kind of like to read it and get the concept, and that's good. And and we should do that in a lot of areas. We we should know the concepts and the character of God rather than getting tripped up on the details. But scriptures like this are really amazing to just kind of look at the words. And it says, so grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God. And we know that this word knowledge is not just intellectualism. It's it's it has to do with actually the that knowledge becoming one with you, an experiential knowledge. And did we, did you experience God today? Amen. And so that, that's how grace and peace are multiplied through to you is through experiencing God. You know, whether you actually learn something new or not is not necessarily the goal of knowledge as much as it is what you do know, was it enlightened? Was it, did you receive revelation? You know, revelation is not when God decides to tell you something new. It may be new to you, but revelation really is when your heart is able to receive a new perspective on what's true, already true of you and it's not necessarily according to God's timing a lot of times it's our heart when our heart's ready we'll see it because it's not like he has certain truths that he's waiting to show you it's it's, can your heart hear it and see it now when he sees that you're ready he may illuminate that and speak on that and say hey this book go to that church read this you know listen to that To help illuminate further that revelation that you have then allowed yourself to experience. But it's not like he's saying, okay, now I need them to learn this, so I'm going to show them this. Now, I I don't want to be too dogmatic on that point. I mean, I'll allow for flexibility in that. You know, I'm not the authority on that, but the main point is God's not hiding things from you to keep you in the dark. He's given you everything. So, Grace and peace. So, did, do you feel like grace and peace was multiplied to you today? Amen. Yes in experiencing him. Verse 3. According as his divine power has given... Un, now, what do you think his divine power is? Everything. Holy Spirit. What would you say? I heard somebody say something. I heard somebody say the G word. Grace, you know. Grace is that divine influence on our heart, and our heart is where we believe from. So really what he's talking about here is grace. He starts out with grace. Grace and peace be multiplied to you according as his divine power. Now, get this. It's so important. This grace that's within you. Grace is a divine power in you. It's not your own capacity. It's not your own ability. You know, grace is not just unmerited favor. Grace is literally the divine power of God working in you. When miracles happen, it's because grace was alive. Grace, you yielded to grace. Grace activated, however you want to say it. So, according as his divine power, his grace has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him. That has called us to glory and virtue. Now, get this: whereby we, whereby are given. So, whereby means by this grace, by this divine power working in us, by this experiencing of His peace multiplied to us through experiencing Him. By all that are given to us, exceeding great and precious promises. You see, the promises aren't by law. The promises aren't by something that's written in stone. The promises are by this divine power that works in you. That's where the promises come from. That's where the promises live. It's not some external thing that God has for you out there. It's multiplied to you as you're experiencing him. Do you see that? So the promises are an internal thing dwelling within you, this internal divine power. So whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Well, why? That by these promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's a promise. That's a serious promise. That by this grace, by this experiential knowledge of God within you, empowering you, where all these promises reside, and we know that all the promises are yes and amen, that why? Why? It's not just so that you can, you know, get out of debt. That's great. But it's so that you can be a partaker of his divine nature. See, partaking of his divine nature is not just a spiritual truth that you're going to experience in eternity one day. Partaking of his divine nature is directly related to these precious promises that are in you by His divine power. You partake of His divine nature when you walk in health, when someone speaks blessing over you. It's just as spiritual to give your wife flowers as it is to have a vision and get somebody healed. It just is. There's no level of spirituality Now, we may use the words deeper and all that kind of stuff. I understand that. But but spirit is just life. And it manifests in many, many ways. Grace is a manifold thing. It has many, many facets. And we partake of his divine nature when we experience these promises that are in us by his grace. Man. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, this is the NIV. See, these 3,000 promises that are in the Bible, they always have to do... It, it's not, I promise, I'm going to smack you in the back of the head. That's curse, okay? And you're del- Galatians 3, you're delivered from the curse of the law. Promises, God's promises are good things. Now, we did have the promise of the curse, but that was before Christ. Say, I'm not cursed. I'm not cursed. I'm not cursed. So, all of his promises have to do with salvation uh, and break that out. It's provision, protection, deliverance, peace, rescue, strength. And, and something that's interesting, when you, when you really go through and you start looking at these promises, and, you know, praise God for the Internet, because you can just go to a search engine and type... You know a list of the promises of God, and and get and you know do that this week. Take some time and just read through all those promises in light of what we're about to read. Now, the other thing that you'll notice is that a lot of times the promises start with, "Hey, don't be afraid." Like Deuteronomy three twenty two, "Don't be afraid; God fights for you." Amen. So it's like he he creates the environment of protection, the safety, peace, to then. Live is to then give you the promise. So 2 Corinthians 1 19. <clears throat> this is going to be um, in the NIV. Now, you know, I mean, sometimes we take the Bible for granted because we feel like that maybe God was obligated or we have it, and it's like, it. take that down for a minute. Everybody's distracted reading ahead. But, but as far as the Bible, you know, imagine getting guitar lessons from Les Paul. You know, the guy who, re you know, you know what I'm saying, guitar. You fill in the rest. <laughs> or learning how to operate an Apple computer from Steve Jobs. You know, you got Steve Jobs sitting there telling you this is how it works. That's what the Bible is. The man, the one, the God, our Father But our our Heavenly Father, the Creator of everything, the Omnipotent One, the Timeless One, the One that has no beginning and no end, is sitting with you, beside you, has put His Spirit in you, telling you how it works. I made it. This is how it works. This is the purpose of it. This is how it works. I mean, the Bible is God's manual manual of how this place works and and his thoughts are are predominantly about life. His thoughts toward us are good. Blessing, peace. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So we don't have this, you know, schizophrenic god up there that has a different definition of good than what we have. Yes, we have we had the law that came with curses, but all that was only to show us you can't do it on your own. You need a Savior. Believing on Jesus establishes the entire law in your life. If you were to go through your life and keep every single law perfectly and never sin, that would not get you righteousness. Because no flesh is justified by the works of the law. Righteousness only comes by faith. So the law was never to get you holy and perfect. That's given to you as a gift. That's his idea. Mm -hmm. And we focus on holiness and obedience, but let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 1, 19. This is NIV. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him has always been yes. Now, get how this next verse reads, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. There you go. Over 3,000. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen. Now, it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. (laughs) He sealed you up with the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. But remember, this whole series is about in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus inherited everything. We're joint heirs with Jesus. He was given a name that's above all names. Uh, you know, We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Everything Jesus has, you have, because that's his idea. Do you deserve it? But did he give it to you? Absolutely. And, and, he, and here's the thing. Here's, well, here's what he said. He said, that's what I want. And in fact, I'm going to make a promise to myself. I'm going to bind myself to myself because nobody else can stand and, and be the, the swearing partner to enact the covenant, I'm going to be, be it myself. In fact, I'm going to promise you that I will keep my promises. I'm going to promise myself that. That's how serious God is about this. That, that's what he did when he enacted the new covenant. He looked around and said, there's nobody else I can do this, so I'm going to make a promise to myself. And he can do that. But, so, remember, we're talking about promises. All of this stuff is in us, but how does it happen? How do you experience it? I think the key is right here in verse 20. The amen is spoken to us, That is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now, what is amen? Amen means firm. It means true, here's kind of a longer definition, so be it, may it be fulfilled, that when he who had read or discoursed, he offered up solemn prayer to God, the others responded, amen, and thus made the substance of what was uttered their own. So, the substance of what is uttered becomes your own when you say the amen. Now, that doesn't just mean in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> because, and you know, Vicky may could elaborate on this, but the, the amen had more to do with coming into agreement, which is what true humility is, with God, with the Word of God. You say amen, it's like, it's like a brick gets laid. So be it. Amen, so be it. Or if you're Moses, so let it be written, so let it be done. I love that movie. (laughs) That's what we're doing. When we say amen, and I mean a true amen, heart persuaded that this divine power within you is saying, yes, that promise is for you. No matter how many promises he's ever made, they're all yes in Christ so the only the only only qualification is, "Are you in Christ, and you 're in Christ by faith? so our responsibility is the amen is spoken by us. Now, can God do things in your life? You know you might mess around and experience blessing, but there there is a there, there's a level of taking on the responsibility of this dominion that God has given us over this planet that says, I am a king and a priest in this place. And by this place, it's, this place is changed by my words. My life is changed by my words because that's the way God has chosen to work in this place, in this realm. Now, that picture of our hands being full of the blessing of God when it's his hands. So the amen is spoken by you. Contrary to Facebook, God is not in control. Yeah. <laughs> now I know, man. I'm telling you, people get nervous over that. Now, he is sovereign. He is the ultimate authority. But we have this parable that Jesus gave to us about the field, about the, the, the ruler lent the field out to some workers and that that the field owner sent messengers to the people who were working the field and they would chase them off or beat them up and he said, you know what, I'm going to send my son. Maybe they'll listen to him. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course. And they killed the son. That is the example of what we have, the dominion that we have over this earth. It's like a field that's been leased to us. The earth has been leased to us. Right now, it's under our control. Now, God reigns and God is in control when we yield to Him, when we trust Him, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, when we speak the amen in agreement with Him. But, you know, some it's not some weird kind of unexplainable thing that God rigged the election and that's just really what He wanted anyway. It's like, why vote? I mean, it's just... I'm not going to go too far into that. I mean, it just, that's not about the politics. That's about the response of people thinking God's just somehow pulling all the strings and making everything happen. Now, he owns this place, but just like you rent a house, that house is under your authority. You're responsible for what happens in that house until that lease runs out. One day, the lease will run out. You could say it in those terms. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Because we've messed it up royally, yeah. but can you not fix that house up however you want it to when you're living in it? And He's given us these promises and this grace to amen His promises into place. Let's read it just one more time. Say so in. Uh, for Verse 20, 2 Corinthians 1, 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And, that, and that's good. We have to take ownership and realize God wants to bless me. God is not interested in me walking in confusion. But you're saying, what you're saying is it looks like that life should be perfect we're talking about spiritual. We're talking about spiritual life changing the way this place looks. I mean, I've got grace happening right now because I haven't coughed since I've been talking. That's a miracle. This week was rough, but it's like you know what? So what? My, me, whatever my lungs are experiencing this week doesn't have anything to do with my level of spiritualism or my level of faith. Because when it counts. Well, I did change class time, but <laughs> I digress. All right, let's look at Job 22. This is in the NIV also. Job 22, we're going to start in verse 21. This, And remember, when you're reading these kinds of things, you see, that, understanding that all of the promises are yes, but the amen is spoken by us, that's like Steve Jobs telling you, okay, look, if you go in this part of the operating system in Apple and you do this right here, this is how it works. This is God saying, this is how it works. The establishment of the promise in your life is spoken by you, by you coming into agreement with it. And, and really, here's my question. What are you amening? What what are you, huh? Amen. Yeah yeah. What what are you speaking? Now you know don't jump all into the performance thing. Watch your You know we've gone through. Everybody's gone through their different phases, and it certainly has to be received by faith. But the, the the concept of an of an amen. It's like put another brick there. It's something is being established. Something has gone from beyond just the, the idea of, okay, I've received it, because of course he's given it to you, to the establishment of it. So it solidifies it. It, it, it becomes it. a physical reality in your life amen. as you amen it. It goes from a spiritual promise to a physical reality with your amen. That's what the Bible says. All right, Job 22. Verse 21. I think this is the NIV also. <clears throat> it gets a little poetic here, but submit to God and be at peace with Him. <laughs> you would think it was, especially in Job, you'd think it'd say submit and obey, but it says submit and be at peace with Him. See, God's made peace with us, but we need to be at peace with Him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. That's another big red flashing sign, promise. This is how it works. Now, that's not a legalistic law that you then try to figure out how to perform and keep to get to like force God's hand to bless you. God, I did this. I submitted in peace and now you owe me. No. (laughs) We're talking about relationship. We're talking about promises, not laws. Verse 22 Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. Now, whose words are in your heart? Verse 23, if you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of Ophir to the rocks in the ravines, then the Almighty will be your gold, the choicest silver for you, Surely then you will find delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. Ultimately, we're talking about prayer. You will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. What you decide on will be done and light will shine on your ways. I think King James says you shall decree a thing and it shall be done. What you decide will be done. This is Job. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to give this to you just like how God showed it to me. Keeping in mind that this is the creator saying this is how it works. You know, these aren't just random statements thrown around. So this is what I heard. Grace is real. Our divine inheritance is real. And our divine nature is true. True. And God wants you to partake in the divine nature. Our Heavenly Father wants us to know and take responsibility for what He has given us so we can show the world His goodness. And remembering that when we use our mouths, because life and death are in the power of tongue, we're going to eat the fruit of whatever our mouths are sowing. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It's talking about life talking about sowing life and that's what you eat that will be the fruit that you eat but guess what else whose words are in your heart what are you amening? <laughs> if you, and now this is this is where it's this is where you better know God loves you and your acceptance is not based on your performance and his willingness to help you manifest a blessing into your life isn't just based on your ability to have faith you know the thing is it's like this river is coming up out of us and, and the amen basically just helps us get out of the way so that it will become established because he's already promised it I mean how, how many of you is it a big deal for you to make a promise I mean how much more God Where he says, no matter how many promises, they're yes in Christ. That's amazing. It's challenging. So speak the amen so it will be established. Amen. Amen. It's not all been decided, it's all available. We decide what we're going to experience and in that deciding, we have the tools of ask and you shall receive. So he, but he does say ask. You know there there is that we don't want to throw that part out. You know, and, and I understand. Don't don't just fall in a ditch with this and think, oh my God, he's not doing anything now. It's just up to me to establish everything, because <laughs> that's what it can feel like. I I went through that process myself. You know, when I was working all this stuff out. I mean, he still delights in having a relationship with us. He still it's his good pleasure to give us gifts, to give us the kingdom. There is still that aspect of asking and receiving. It's just, are you expecting the promise to be established? Father, we we thank you that you have made us promises. And and we can remain confident in that. And, And help us not grow weary in believing you, in, in believing to the point that you have given it to us, the, the word that you have given to us, these, these amazing scriptures that you've shown us, this the life of Jesus that's a, an exact representation of you. And may that be our focus. When we think these ways, questions of injustice questions about the state of the world, questions about things happening arise. Father, I I thank you that you are speaking to those issues, that you are bringing understanding, and that you are bringing peace in the midst of questions. Thank you that all of your promises are yes in Christ, and I am in Christ. We are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of Jesus, qualified to be partakers of his inheritance. Thank you, Lord. Just say, I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Jesus inherited everything. Jesus inherited everything. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, this is one of those messages where it's kind of like, all right, here's a big old steak. Now you cut it up and chew it, (laughs) you know? I mean, seriously, you spend some time with the Holy Spirit and work this stuff out. What does this look like? What does it look like for me to establish the amen in my life, or your promises to be established in my life through my amen, you know? Depend on him to give you that answer. Father, I thank you for financial blessing. For every person in this place, you said, above all, you wish that we prospered and be in health as our soul prospered. And I just want to... Father, I want want this idea that's bubbling around in me to be established in this place that we're not giving out of obligation. We're, We're taking our money and seeing an actual... Just like a gift of flowers to a spouse brings life, so can the physical thing of money bring life. And Father, we just, we just trust you with our finances. And we, we take a step, an act of faith in giving money, not to work some physical tithing law or anything like that, but as an act of faith to show you, God, we trust. I want my heart to be open to generosity I want my heart to be open to financial blessing so that I can be a blessing. Because like you said, the promises are established to the glory of God, to your glory, Father. So I just speak that. I just speak financial blessing over every person in here.